your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. former MEP for this constituency and current Cork TD and Minister for Foreign Affairs, Simon Coveney, is in Limerick today and he's on the line now. Good morning to you, Minister. Good morning, Joe. Thanks for having me on. You're very welcome. Are you an Ed Sheeran fan? Um, well, my, my, my kids and wife were at, at Ed Sheeran in, in Parky Cueve last week. I was away, actually, but uh, I know he was... Uh, he was entertaining a lot of people in Limerick last night, um, and he's a he's a fantastic entertainer. I've been I've been to his concert before, actually, but he's he's uh, uh, as ever filling stadiums around the country. So I, I hope Limerick enjoyed it last night. Certainly, Cork did last week. Right. Well, he is still in Limerick today. What are you doing in Limerick today? Look, I'm doing a whole range of things. Uh, I'm with um, I'm with Mr. Patrick O'Donovan in in his constituency this, uh, this morning. We're um, uh, we're visiting the um, uh, the refugee centre there. We're we're visit- visiting Aganish Illumina. Uh, we're going to the uh, Newcastle West Primary Care Centre. Um, I'm meeting constituency officers and our and our councillor team there. And then in the afternoon, uh, I'm moving into the city into Sarsfields Barracks, where we're going to spend some time with the Defence Force personnel there, talking about. The future of the defence forces, uh, uh, the work that the Commission on the defence forces have, has done, and the the memo I'll be bringing to government next month, which will be looking for a significant increase in resourcing of of the defence forces. And we're also opening a new gym in that barracks. We've spent um, we spent about three and a half million euros uh, building a super new gym facility there. So, um, but we're I'm spending quite a lot of time. Uh, visiting all of the barracks around the country to to listen to what our defence force personnel have to say uh, in the context of the you know the change and the investments and the growth uh, in the defence forces that we're going to see in the years ahead. Tell me a little. Obviously, a huge focus for you at the moment is Ukraine, um, and you know people in this part of the world and right around the country have been welcoming Ukrainian refugees uh, into their midst. What's your message about that? Well, I mean, my message is, I mean, as someone who's had the privilege of, of being to Kiev uh, in, in the last few weeks, I mean, I've seen for myself the atrocities and the horrors uh, that many Ukrainians uh, are fleeing from at the moment. And this is a time for Ireland to be generous. Uh, it's a time for, for Irish people to show solidarity. And that is exactly what's happening. You know, we're close on 28,000 people have come from Ukraine now seeking shelter and safety and support. Uh, and Irish people uh, uh, are are giving it to them, which is which is fantastic. Uh, and you know, this is a reminder uh, that Irish people, when there's a real crisis, will respond with with openness and generosity, and literally are open are, are willing to open their own homes to Ukrainian families, um, and also recognise that the state uh, needs to provide significant services uh, in terms of. Uh, hotel accommodation on a temporary basis, vacant properties, and obviously the educational supports, the healthcare supports that are needed for what are predominantly women and children uh, uh, who have come to Ireland. I mean, this is this is effectively Ireland's war effort. You know, we have a major war happening on our continent at the moment. Uh, it is extraordinarily tragic uh, in terms of the the human suffering and the loss of life and the brutality and aggression that we're seeing from Russia. Uh, and while Ireland, of course, will do everything we can to support Ukraine militarily and from a humanitarian uh, support perspective, we've got to do it at home here, too, uh, because so far, well over five million Ukrainians have fleed out of Ukraine into the EU 
And Ireland's got to play its part uh, with generosity uh, in terms of ensuring that, you know, we accommodate those that choose to come here. Okay, we're trying to Minister Simon Coveney. Do you see any path to peace at the moment? Um, Honestly, I think um, in the short term, that looks very difficult. You know, I mean, this is... um, this is a conflict that has escalated rather than the opposite in recent weeks. Uh, we're seeing very intense and very brutal fighting uh, in eastern Ukraine, and we're seeing constant missile attacks right across uh, Ukraine into all cities. Um, so certainly there doesn't seem to be any intention coming from the Russian side to look for a ceasefire. I think they're trying to create um, a, a military victory of some sort that they can sell to their own people. Um, and so for now, it's about helping the Ukrainians to defend themselves, but of course, constantly looking for ways in which we can make diplomatic interventions to try and bring this madness and brutality and aggression to an end. And, right. you know, that's why I've spent a lot of time in places like Brussels and New York over the last yes. few weeks. Yes, and of course, Ireland on the UN Security Council as well at the moment. Yeah. Is it possible, do you believe, that the UN could play a role in a ceasefire or some form of peace deal? And could that ultimately lead to Irish troops acting as peacekeepers in the region? Um, look, I think anything is possible. I mean, certainly I think the UN need to be involved uh, in any sustainable ceasefire. And uh, the UN Secretary General has been to, to Moscow in the last few days. Um, most of that focus has been on uh, opening up humanitarian corridors that can allow innocent civilians to get out of cities that are uh, being brutalized by war at the moment, in particular Maripol. Uh, and we, we've seen some success in the last few days where we've seen hundreds of children and civilians uh, get out of an absolute nightmare situation in Maripol. Uh, in Maripol. Um, but we need to see more of that. And of course, we need to see Russia being willing to go beyond simply looking at humanitarian routes out and instead talking about the conditions for a ceasefire. Um, um, you know, I think that uh, the UN is ready and waiting and pushing, in fact, um, you know, in the last 24 hours, uh, the Security Council has again called for unity of purpose in terms of trying to find a basis for a ceasefire. You know, this is a, a scale of conflict that's Europe hasn't seen since the Second World War and it's got Um, to stop as soon as possible. And obviously a local consideration, you mentioned it earlier, is Ahana Shalumina and the worry that, you know, sanctions as they progress could impact on Ahana Yeah, and I'm visiting there this morning uh, with with Patrick O'Donovan um, and, uh, you know, I know the management there, I know the board there. Uh, You know, we've been working with them uh, to ensure that um, sanctions that have been put in place in the past uh, on a previous majority owner uh, of uh, Rusal, which is the parent company of of Aganish, um, uh, that actually we could we could protect jobs in Limerick uh, and ensure that the plant could survive that. So, you know, fortunately to date, the uh, the sanctions that the EU uh, have agreed to date and and the sixth sanctions package that they're about to agree doesn't involve Illumina as a sector. Uh, and I mean, the, the focus of sanctions on Russia have got to be on the basis of applying more pressure and more pain to Russia than to the EU. Uh, and I think that's the approach here when it comes to alumina, because this plant uh, provides a very significant percentage of Europe's alumina. Um, so, um, you know, I think I'm, I'm there to try and offer some some reassurance and we're working closely with the management there. And one other point, Minister, you mentioned about Sarsfield Barracks and, you know, speculation that, 
we could need many thousands more troops um, yeah. and further investment in the type of equipment that's required. And indeed, many thousands of people got an opportunity to see some of that at Riverfest here in Limerick last weekend with the L.E. James Joyce uh, and also some really excellent displays by soldiers of the MOEGs and the armoured personnel carriers and all that stuff. Um, yeah. Is it your view that there will be the political backing for what you believe is required with your Minister for Defence hat on? Well, I certainly hope so. You know, I mean, I'm the Minister for Defence uh, and I'm the Minister for Foreign Affairs um, and I now have a, a very strong evidence base to take a, a, a memo to government to request a significant increase in the resourcing of the Defence Forces. Um, we asked a very experienced group of 15 people uh, who were the Commission on the Defence Forces uh, to look for 13 months at capacity, at Ireland's place in the world, Ireland's place in the EU, uh, and to actually ensure that what we're asking of our Defence Forces matches the resources that we're giving them to perform that role. And it's very clear that there's a gap there. Uh, we need more people. Uh, we need modernization in terms of equipment. Uh, we need more resourcing in new areas like cybersecurity, for example. Uh, and so the recommendation from the Commission on Defence is that we would add 2,000 permanent Defence Force members to the establishment of 9,500. But we're currently 1,000 people short of where we should be in terms of that 9,500 establishment, which means... Uh, we've got to find a way of adding at least 3,000 people to our permanent defence forces, plus rebuilding a defence uh, reserve uh, that can support the permanent defence forces. So there's a huge amount of work to do. It's going to cost a lot of money. Uh, and my job is to make a very clear uh, argument to government uh, on the basis of the evidence that we now have and on the basis of the context that we're living through in terms of a major military conflict uh, on the continent of Europe, which I think is a reminder to everybody that, you know, Ireland, even as a neutral country or a non-militarily -military, aligned country, cannot take security for granted. We've got to ensure that we have at least basic uh, defence and security response capacity and uh, okay. you know I hope that government will agree with me on that next month Right, well look, a, a bit later in the show we'll be touching on uh, the north because there's a lot going on up there as well uh, today, uh, the last time you were on I couldn't resist playing a few hurling clips of Limerick beating Cork, I'm not going to do that to you today because we'll all be on the same side tomorrow of course with Munster uh, playing to I certainly hope so, I certainly right. Hope so. Right. Well listen, yeah. th thank you for Joe, your time Joe, can I just say, just, just before I go uh, Fine Gael has a really important conference tomorrow in in Tullamore. Uh, it's, a, it's an agricultural and rural Ireland conference. We have a lot of expertise there. Um, and it's, it's a reminder, really, that, that our party is a party that really does want to prioritise and focus on rural Ireland, okay. agriculture, farming, rural development. Um, and I think, uh, you know, you'll see a lot of credi credible arguments coming out of Tullamore tomorrow in terms of how we can prioritise that. Right, but the agricultural sector, very important in Limerick as well. Thank you very much for joining us this morning uh, on a visit to uh, Limerick today. The Minister for Foreign Affairs, Simon Coveney. Your views, your news, your Limerick today.